everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Trevor drops, looks, looks, fires back in the end zone, caught for the touchdown! Touchdown in the back of the end zone to Calvin Ridley and Jacksonville has taken the lead. Checks it down underneath. That's a crossing route to Christian Kirk. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10. Christian Kirk to the goal line. Touchdown, Jacksonville. A crossing route to Christian Kirk. And the Jags have retaken the lead. Fires this one deep downfield, and that ball is going to be picked off. The Jags pick it off, and they're going to run it back. That is Dewey Winger. Picked it off in the middle of the field. He's still running it back. He got it into Pittsburgh territory. Andrew Wingard stepped up and picked that thing off. Just disappointing. Disappointing the way we finished our season. Obviously, it's, it's definitely not good enough. You know, things start with me, and i got to make sure that I'm holding myself accountable and I'm doing all I can to, you know, help our football team win on and off the football field, but just not good enough. Uh, it hurts. You know, it hurts to not be able to finish. And you look at where we were at one point in the season and just finished really, really poorly and kind of, you know, gave it away. So there's so many things you look at, and it's disappointing and frustrating and we have a lot of really great players, and I think we have the potential to be a great team. We didn't finish the year that way. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Hold my pocket. Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome in. Jaguars Today kicking off two fresh hours of Jaguar conversations and observations and hopefully some solutions. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I, I mean, I've got some solutions in mind, Tony, uh-huh. to improve this team. I've got some combinations of personnel moves that are flitting around in my little brain and thinking, that sounds good, mm-hmm. or that sounds really good, or maybe this one's even better. And, you know, they obviously focus around improving the offensive line. Yeah. Improve, you know, when it comes to personnel, uh, when you look at it right now, they, they could use an alpha receiver. They could use a lot of help on the O-line. I think those are the, the two main spots. I don't think you need to add much to the running back room, if anything. Um, I, I mean, I think you know who your quarterback's well, going to be. the same way off last right. offseason. I, I yeah. don't think the tight end room needs tinkering with, uh, mm-hmm. not not in any significant way. No. So, uh, we know the areas to focus in on. By the way, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Everything Doing well. Good? Yeah, all good. We're both repping our baseball teams. We today. are. Yeah, you know, I almost did. We're ready for the next season. Yeah, yeah. we got the, the the hat with the little pom pom on top. You know, mm-hmm. the winter hat. Yeah. my mom always called that a woolly hat. I don't know if anyone else calls it that. And yeah, if, I, 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 if I were to that, describe yeah. that as a woolly hat, um, if anyone would know what I'm talking about, but you know the kind is mm-hmm. little winter cap with the little tassel on top, the pom pom, whatever yeah. you call that thing. Um, yeah, our our boss Steve Griffin got us hats of our favorite sports teams a while back, or what he projected other than the Jaguars. And uh, you got a Braves, I got a Yankees. I almost wore mine today, but I did wear um, some other gear. So uh, what are you repping in there? You repping the Jags today? I see teal on you, Pockets. Yeah, I wore a Jags hoodie. Yeah. That's it. Pockets, did you sleep in that Jags hoodie? I got to ask No, I, I, so what I did is I got home at like 1230 from uh, the Hacker. And uh, is that what we're calling the yes, show now? The, the hacker. hacker? Is it really? Or so, is it no? No, it's actually hacker after dark. Yeah, it's still hacker after yes, dark. Yes, yes, yes. The <laughs> hacker. So I kind of like that though. So I get home and I'm like, I know I'm not gonna want to go through my laundry. So I had like my my clothes are clean, but they're in the dryer. I didn't take them out yet. So I just grabbed like some sweatpants and a hoodie and I threw them on the floor. And 
woke up and threw it right on. All right, so you prepared. Yes. You said, let me throw these on the floor yeah. so they're ready for tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Excellent. That, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying right by I've the never bed, gone so that remember. route before. Mm-hmm. You ever you ever get to a point in college, Tone? Now you Did you live at home in college or you were a dorm guy? I was at home. You were at home the whole yeah. time. So did your mom help you out on the laundry side of things? Uh, most of the time, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, my mom would help me out too, but that's because yeah. I would make the trip home from Flagler to Deland uh-huh. with, you know, like a duffel just stuck to bursting, yeah. right? Yeah. And with like every piece of clothing I had, but I definitely got that to, was preceded by weeks of the smell test. Well, that was what yeah. I was going to go. Did you ever have to do the smell test? Like yeah. this one smells less offensive than the other one, mm-hmm. therefore I'm wearing this today. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I went through. I I, used I don't to think this, girls go through that as much as boys do, but boys definitely play that. Yeah, game. Yeah, I don't know if girls do that at all. I really yeah. don't know. Uh, you know, it's one of the great mysteries of the female. Yeah, I don't know, sex. but I know for a fact that boys take some piece of laundry off the ground and go, bro. I used oh, that's to, all right. I mean, every semester I played uh, like intramural basketball, or whatever. I never washed the shorts. They were lucky shorts. Mm-hmm. You know, like the same pair. I'd put them on and. You know, they'd be a little crusty, but they'd, they'd loosen up once you got them sweaty, and yeah. it'd be fine. So, anyway, um, and then you throw them in the pile, and, you you know, I definitely went to the pile a few times, like, mm-hmm. pulled out, like, uh, this one, you know, and then it's, like, wrinkles versus stench, and, you know, usually you'll, oh, yeah. you'll wear the wrinkles. Oh, yeah. Um, we find ourselves uh, in these situations. Oh, I remember, you know, when in high school, you know, you had your locker in the in the locker room, right, even for P.E., like, you had your locker uh, that you would have, and, you know, I'm leaving the same pair of shorts for, like, two, three yeah. weeks, you know, and it got to the end of that, and it's like, it finally, like, you're trying to pull it out, and it's just stiff, it's like, all right, these got to go home. Like, yeah. Like, it's just time. I don't even know if it's worth washing. May just have to throw this away and find another pair of shorts, something like that, but we've, I think we've all been Oh, there I've definitely uh, yeah. come across clothing that I've just decided garbage is better than laundry at, yeah. at a certain point, you know. But, you know, usually just old T-shirts or what have mm-hmm. you. But um, saw this item uh, for Bruce Feldman out there today. Source, according to a source. I don't okay. know how good his source is, but it was in all caps, so I wanted to put a little emphasis into that word. Uh, Falcons defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen expected to interview for the Jags defensive coordinator job. Uh, and you're like, ah, Ryan Nielsen, you know, like, is he a huge name? Is he going to excite you? Well, uh, here are some of the numbers mm-hmm. that Nielsen did. The Falcons in his one year as defense coordinator, which, by the way, initially they were blocking Nielsen. Like, he was a, a guy we saw, like, Ajero Averro of Carolina. Jags requested permission to interview him, and they were blocked from doing that. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the case initially with Nielsen as well, that he yes. was blocked. From interviewing Apparently here. Apparently, you draft Harbaugh, and it's like, all right, yeah. Or you talk to you Harbaugh. You talk to Belichick. Yeah, and yeah. Belichick. Like, right. they've talked to both now in the last couple of days. Yeah, right. Be- Harbaugh, right. And then maybe it's like, that we're not going to have this this yeah. guy or whatever. We're going to start fresh with our staff or whatever yeah. the case may be. Uh, but the Falcons went from um, 26th to 7th. These are defensive rankings mm-hmm. in yards per play allowed. Seventh, that's pretty good. Not bad. That's yeah. really good. From 31st in the NFL to third in third down defense. Could we use some of that yes, please. around these parts? And in pass defense, imp- helped improve the team from 28th, or excuse me, from 25th to 8th overall. Those are significant one-year improvements oh, yeah. for the Atlanta Falcons. Can we come in and get some of that 
Uh, I look. I don't know, man. I mean, we all. I think we all get more excited if it's a name we know. Like I think Wink Martindale or Leslie Frazier, one of those guys, will excite people more because they've been there, done that. And I would be excited about Leslie Frazier. Heck, I'm, I'm hopeful. No matter who they bring in, they, you know, it's newness. Whether it's Nielsen, Avero, any of these guys, let's go and, uh, and try to improve this football team. But I thought those were pretty strong uh, improvement metrics from him out there. So. Uh, it does appear now that the Falcons are relenting on allowing other teams to interview for lateral moves, some of these uh, uh, coaches on their staff at the moment. But uh, yeah. today, that's not our primary focus. We can certainly talk about that today. You can help steer the conversation where you'd like it to go. We're looking today for the one move, you think, based on where things stand at the moment that would most improve the Jaguars' offense this year. And very similar to yesterday, we're getting a runaway in the poll. And I don't disagree with what people are voting for. I, I'm i with you. I heard you talking with the guys on the drill. I wish there was kind of a ranked voting thing where you could pick one, two, three, four in order, and you get mm-hmm. an idea. That way you see exactly what's pushing up number two. And maybe that's what we do. Maybe we run a second poll tomorrow, go, okay, offensive line has been improved which of these things would mm-hmm. help the Jags most because just because something comes in second doesn't mean that would have been everybody's second choice second pick, yeah. it's it's maybe the most popular uh, uh next choice for the top overall pick but you get the idea anyway uh the options that we have out there for you today are and keep in mind at, at the moment Calvin Ridley's not on this roster Right, I mean, technically on the roster, whatever he's not under contract. For the for next few weeks, he's on the Correct. roster. So, yeah. but, but as of today, he's not under contract. Yes. for the next season. So, if you look at it and you go, well, I assume they're going to sign Calvin Ridley back. Well, don't assume that they're making one change, one addition, one move, one improvement. What's going to top the list? And then let's see where the chips fall on the other stuff. But which of these things is your burning top priority? Now, at the same time. Ezra Cleveland's not under contract. Like, if you project him to be your left guard or you'd like to have him back as your left guard, maybe you wouldn't, maybe you wouldn't, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you could go to bat today, though, with Cam Robinson at left tackle and Walker Little at left guard and leave Anton Harrison at right tackle, for instance. But your options, add a true number one wide receiver, upgrade the interior of the offensive line. And I didn't want to just put guard because – I know a lot of people would like to upgrade from Luke Fortner. I don't get the sense that they feel the same way about that. But I think if if you just made this center, you might even get a higher percentage on this. Mm-hmm. If you just made a guard, maybe it would have fallen off a little bit. I don't know. But we just did interior offensive line. Or what about Doug Peterson taking over the play calling for all the people that are calling for the firing of Press Taylor? Or at least Doug needs to take it back. Is that the thing that would improve this offense the most? Or what about Trevor Lawrence just protecting the football better, no matter what the conditions are? He had numerous unforced errors. He had some forced errors as well, and he had some drops, and he had some ball. uh, uh, He had all these things. Played a whole season. A lot of things happened. A lot of things happened, but he definitely could improve his ball security. We know that. So that's an option as well. Uh, So I I really started to try to look at what's available in free agency what's likely to be available in the draft. And I'm not a draft expert. I'm a draft enthusiast. I love the draft. I do. But I can't tell you which of these 
offensive linemen that mm-hmm. are ranked in the middle of the first round is the best option for the Jags. Right. I, I'm going to say, based on scouting reports, I'll say, oh, if this report is accurate, this guy can step in right away and play X right away at the next level. I'm going to go on that if there's enough of a consensus out there about a guy, you know, but I'm not going to sit there and tell you that I like the Oregon guard over the Georgia right tackle or whatever the, the case may be. Um, I don't have that level of scouting prowess. Yeah. Offensive line, especially on the interior, maybe you can have some kind of opinion on comparing tackles a little bit because of the style of their play. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Like we've had those discussions specifically over the last couple of years, right? Going into the draft, comparing some of the offensive tackles. I think guard, it's really difficult to, to differentiate going into the draft. That's just a guard. Right, like that's kind of what it is in my head. I'm not saying that they're all the same. They're clearly not. There are better right. players, and that's but I we, can't differentiate between them. Like when I'm just looking at them on paper, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know, guard. People are always like, you can find a guard. Well, please point us in the direction. Yeah. <laughs> We'd yeah. like to find one or yeah. two. Um, and, and look, yes, and I tend to agree with what Jeff said yesterday. I, I do think center is more of a premium position than guard. Is right and picking a number 17. I think it would be more likely if they're going to address interior offensive line that it would be a center than it would be a guard ultimately. Center that's worth the pick, right? But I don't think that you know rules out anything at for the Jags there at 17. If they like a guy that they feel like can be their guy for a couple contracts at guard, okay, yeah, guard's not off the table for me at all in the middle of the first round. It is not. And, I mean, if you could give me a big, nasty – look, and I get it. They got guys like Vince Manawai in the third round historically, okay? Fine. Then let's find one in the third round that can do that, right? But, I mean, you look at the recent third-round picks, and and I get it. I know a lot of people out there going, none of this matters if Bulky's still making the decisions. I can't control who makes the decision. No. We're going to try to sit here and decide, you know – at least from our perspective, what the right decisions would be. Yeah, and I think for listeners out there, it's safe to assume at this point, Mike and I have both made our preference clear. I'm good with Trent Baalke being fired. I'd I've prefer been it. Good. I'd prefer like, it. I've been good with him not being the guy that's making the decision. He's the guy making the decision. So any decision that we're talking about the Jaguars making, we're talking about still what we think the best decision might be for the team. It's not we're in favor of Trent Baalke being the guy making the pick. We're in favor of the pick being done properly. Correct. And because let, let's say we woke up tomorrow. And because it's still happening, we're still seeing turnover, right? Didn't New yeah. Orleans get rid of their GM yesterday? Uh, offensive coordinator. It was an OC, all right? Yeah, yeah. And Cleveland did as well, yeah, right? Yeah, Carmichael, so, I think he's been there for like 15 he years has been as there, the But OC. it was a little bit – for a team that didn't make the postseason, it was a little bit late in the process. Then you hear that yeah. John Gruden may be in play there or whatever the case. So who knows how that's all going to go. But, uh, you know, let's say we did wake up tomorrow. And there's an announcement, Shad Khan has decided we're going to go in a different direction. We're going to hold the search for a GM. Well, the next guy that comes in, he may have a, a – we don't know what he would pick. You know what I mean? Like, GMs fail all the time. I'm not saying that's reason to keep bulky. I'd roll the dice. I'd try to get the next guy in here. But the next guy may pick the wrong players as well. You know, it doesn't – it really doesn't matter who's turning in the card. If they're turning in – like, if you like – 
T. Higgins in free agency mm -hmm. and Balky signs him or somebody else signs him, does it really matter who signed him no, if you here. get the guy? He's here. Did it matter that Trent Balky was a GM? You're happy with Evan Ingram as the tight end, mm -hmm. right? So that, you know, as an example. So I get it. A lot of people have that reaction and they say none of this matters if, well, sure it matters. If Trevor Lawrence, no matter who the GM is, Trevor Lawrence's ball security improves his football team if it's yeah. better. And right? are agreeing with wanting Trent Baalke to not being the guy make the decision doesn't make it any less true. He's the guy making the decision. At the moment. Right. Right, like, that's where things stand. And not wanting him to be the guy making the decision has no impact on whether or not he does. Right? Like, at this Correct. point, he's the GM. Deal with it. Right. Like, Trent Baalke picked Anton Harrison that didn't automatically make that a bad selection. No. Right? And, and look, I get it. We're not defending his track record. Nope. We're just pointing out what we're, you know, we're here. You get the same feedback over and over again. It's not going to matter unless. Well, sure it does. It matters. It, it, what if he makes moves that you like this offseason? It's yeah. possible that he does things that you like. I don't, I don't believe that. Okay. But let's play in a world where you imagine they would follow the results of this. What is the thing that you think is they did going win to improve the, the division the in 2022 they and did. he was the GM. They, it's so it's possible to do. You're saying, yeah, right. Like it's not impossible because they're he's still the going to show up and play next year, yeah. Regardless, right? No matter who's calling the plays offensively, no matter who they hire or fire, they're going to show up, and we're going to hope the Jags win as many of them yep. as they possibly can. By the way, O line blowing it away mm -hmm. right now, and and I get that, I truly get that. But you know, like, you know, because right now, I. I you assume that they're going to sign somebody at receiver, be it Calvin Ridley or somebody else. But as it stands right now, they don't have that guy. Nope. You know, so it'll be interesting. We'll talk about it. And I've got some specific scenarios, um, and I'll run them by you, and I'll see which one um, makes the most sense to you, which one you think would most improve this offense, particularly on the offensive side of things. All right, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, uh, Dylan Denmark is here as well. Johnny O along in the next hour. If you want to be a part of the conversation and uh, weigh in with your thoughts on what will improve the offense uh, today, uh, which one move would most improve the offense uh, heading into the 2024 season, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines or on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, or at 1010XL Denmark, hold my pocket, and in the YouTube chat as well, if you are so inclined. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Oh Knows with Jaguars.com's John Osher, brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. All right, somebody obviously went to Flagler College on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures um, mm -hmm. in the 80s uh, because uh, or, or early 90s. Nobody volunteered to cover me, Dempsey, because of those shorts. Trust me. That's a true story. I mean, any success I had was definitely due to the stench factor. I had a little bubble around me. Nobody wanted to get close. They <laughs> said the red bandana finished it off. Uh, I was definitely the guy that wore the little, you know, the bandana look. Uh, back in the day, but I did switch up the bandanas. I had a whole bevy of bandanas, and I would, uh, I'd go, I had the green, I had the, you know, the uh, the tie dye. I had them all mm -hmm. back in the day. So I, I feel like most of the stench was coming from the shorts and the t-shirts as well. 
Um, but those would sometimes get washed in between. But honestly, who hasn't ever played like intramurals and after like the first week, those pennies that they give you, you know, those little yeah. jerseys that, you, oh, those are the worst thing in those the world, man. Those so bad at football practice. They're just so uh, right. bad. Same thing. We had, like, I guess I could have washed them. I was the coach. But we had those for soccer practice all those years. I coached the little kiddies, man, and I just poor kids. Like, oh, my God, who wants to wear – oh, nobody wants to wear that, do they? Uh, awful. All right, yes, this is true. I smell very badly. All right, <laughs> here's here's a, some some little odds. And I got a lot of things flitting around in my brain today, trying to fix things for the Jags. First, center. Somebody asked on the text line a moment ago, do you really think that they would go out and – at a center based on how they speak about Fortner. My answer was no, I don't. I I, I don't. Like, now maybe it's a case of you don't throw your guy under the bus publicly mm-hmm. and you're not trying to, you know, undercut yourself with leverage and all that stuff. And maybe they would go out and try to upgrade at center. Possibly. I don't know. But I'll say this. Looking at the centers and – if you don't think I can grade guards in the draft, why do you see how much I can't grade centers, okay? Right. Um, so I'm not trying to be a, a draft Nick here or a film guru, but I went to a site. I just Googled draft-eligible center rankings, something along those lines, right? So the top guy comes up. Jags uh, have what, the 48th pick in round two? Is yes. that what it is? Correct. Okay. The top, according to drafttech, .com, Tony, the always infallible drafttech.com, mm-hmm. right? Probably where we'll go to get our next GM after we usher Trent Baalke uh, out the door. Uh, the 46th ranked overall player in this year's draft is a six foot three, 320 pound center, Jackson Powers Johnson of Oregon. Well, that fits right where the Jags are picking, right? If that, if that guy truly is like a top 50 ish prospect, mm-hmm. that would line up. Well, with their second round pick. Now, will they have a second round pick? I believe I saw Demetrius Harvey. We got to get uh, next week as we start to roll out our season long hosts. We'll be inviting some of our favorite Jaguar reporters back in, and we'll hopefully get uh, both Demetrius Harvey and John Shipley to visit mm-hmm. with us next week. Maybe they'll even join us in studio. Who knows if we're that lucky? But I believe Demetrius was saying it's by the, the certain point early in the league year. I think it's even before the franchise tag deadline that if they don't re-sign Ridley, then it's the third-round pick that they're giving up. Mm-hmm. Okay, So I'm going to presume that the Jags have a second-round pick. Okay, That that there'll be enough. Even if they want to bring back Ridley, they'll do it in a way that fits the parameters where they can retain their second-round pick. It's past a certain deadline. You could maybe franchise tag him, whatever it is, mm-hmm. okay, that – and maybe they end up franchise tagging Josh Allen and they don't bring back Ridley or they try to bring back Ridley and he goes somewhere else. I don't know. But I'm just going to presume they have their second-round pick. So maybe they could go that route in the second round. But I, there doesn't seem to be a center anywhere near worthy of first-round consideration is the main point here. Okay? Right. According to this. And, and usually these things are not off by multiple rounds. Sometimes they are with a player or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cedric Van Pran of Georgia is, according to this, ranked as the second-best center, and he is seen as the 59th-best player overall. So you're talking about a, a mid-to-late second-round selection. And you go to Zach Frazier of West Virginia, and he's the 80th-ranked player overall. So only two centers worthy of first- or second-round consideration, according to this site. So let's presume center is off the board, okay? Mm-hmm. 
what what is the number one offensive move you'd like to see this team make? If if it were a specific position, specific player, what, what's if if you had your wish, what's the the move you'd like to see him make? Top T. Higgins. Of the list. T. Higgins, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way. You yeah. and I have talked enough about it. I don't even care if they franchise Ridley. Like, let's say they got Josh Allen signed to a long-term deal. Mm-hmm. And you can finesse that in terms of how the cap hit affects you this year. And you franchise Ridley, and you somehow had enough money to still sign T. Higgins. And he would come here, and the, the Bengals – now the Bengals may franchise him themselves, or they may work out Absolutely. a long Absolutely. Not a guy that you let walk out the door lightly. Lightly. Yeah. But – they also know they got to pay Jamar Chase coming sure. up soon, like thirty million a they year. They got to prioritize what they're going to do and figure out a way to do it. Right? Yeah. They'll, so they'll try t- something with Higgins to keep him there. I don't well, know if well, it'll be let's enough. Let's say to they do could it. get him. Yeah. Okay. So you get Higgins. Okay. What if they let Cam walk? Okay. Okay. Pulling back. A bunch of salary cap space, right? Which would allow them maybe to sign T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. You move Anton Harrison to left tackle. Okay. Okay. You re instead of bringing back Cam now, you allocate maybe some some of that money goes to T. Higgins in this scenario, but you find a way to bring back Ezra Cleveland at left guard. Would you be okay with Ezra Cleveland as your left guard? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. You know, as well, because I think the if you're not gonna improve if you're not going to bring back Cleveland you're going to bring back some other vet you're not going to go with any you're not going to go with Walker Little I don't believe as no. your guy or are you willing to spend a first or second round pick on a guard I personally might be they may not be okay so what if I could get Ezra Cleveland here's what pro football focus uh, they ranked him as the fifth best guard available by the way um Robert Hunt of the Dolphins. Again, I'm not a guard scout here. Yeah. Not a scout at all, but he really seems like he'd be a tremendous addition for this mm-hmm. football team. Um, let me just give you at, at 6'6, 335, got to start at tackle, found his home at right guard, has been a great fit in the team's zone rushing attack. That's what the Jags want to do. They want. Yeah. Mobile interior lineman. And I know uh, PFF has Connor Williams, the Miami center, at the Uh top of their center free agent list as well. And that's despite him coming off a torn ACL that he suffered late in the year. Well, here's the – what do they have? The projected contract they have for Hunt would be four years, 70 million. That's a lot, right, Uh, for a guard. Now, maybe – One year, six is what they have One year, six? For Connor Williams. I'd roll the dice on that all day. Yeah. The the point being here, Ezra Cleveland, they project, and these projections could be off, but they project three years, $28.5 million, $9.5 million a year. I mean, it sounds like a lot. Mm -hmm. That's just the going rate, right? I mean, if you're – it's that – you compare that to going out there and trying to find, you know, a top-of-the-market guy, four years, 70, compared to three years, less than 30. And it's guard. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you want this better a player as possible, but let's say you bring back Cleveland for that number. You move Anton Harrison over there. What about drafting a right tackle in the first round? You you go out and you get your free agent wide receiver, a guy who's caught passes in the National Football League, and T. Higgins would obviously top the list there. Mm-hmm. Because I think what, what this is going to come down to, and it may not come down to this in the Jags' mind, is I think for a lot of people it's going to come down to, do we draft Keon Coleman or an offensive lineman in that spot, right? If you look at mock drafts and any 
draft rankings. Keon Coleman is consistently the number four wide receiver. Generally comes off the board in the middle of the first round. I know there are going to be people out there going, Dempsey's a Florida State fan. He's a homer. He wants Keon Coleman. I don't care where he went to school. I really don't care. Yeah. I just want the best player possible. But he is 6'4". You know, he's a tremendous red zone weapon. I don't know if he's what he's going to run in terms of pure speed. I don't think he's that guy. Um, but he's yeah. got the ability to go down and 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 win contested yeah, I saw catches. Pro Football Network had a mock draft that they put together for mm-hmm. the Jags here recently, and they had them taking Brian Thomas out of LSU, six four for a lot of the same reasons that Keon Coleman would be in consideration for the Jags, but at least in that same range of big athlete size speed kind of combo with those guys, something that they that apparently the whole drafting world right now feels like the Jags need to be looking at. I feel like there are a lot of folks right now that are saying, we got to bring Cam back, right? We have to have mm-hmm. him back, right? Because we, we can't afford to lose anything else on the offensive line. But he is expensive. And if you could move Anton Harrison to play that position and you could find a right tackle that you felt as good about coming in to plug in as a starter right away, you'd be young at the tackle positions, but – it would save you a lot of money, and you could reallocate that money to other places, like going and chasing a proven pass-catching weapon. Uh, like, T- like T. Higgins may be a pipe dream, right? But for right now, until I know what Cincinnati's yeah. – there's enough doubt about what Cincinnati may be able to do financially that I'm not going to put that off the table as completely unrealistic. No, it, I'm with you. It, it may yeah. come down to where they, they lock him up, and we're like, yeah, that probably was the way it was going to go all along. Yeah. But. And since we're talking about it here during this segment, too, that Pro Football Network mock that I saw, mm-hmm. Jackson Powers Johnson to the Jags in the second round, the center out of Oregon. Bam! Yeah. <laughs> Called it right there, almost. Uh, I, I Do I think the Jags would do that? No, but would you like that? Would you be okay with that mm-hmm. right there? I, You know, that's the thing. Is that enough? You know, improving center, you still got to work on guard. Because right? I, I think you're going to see – a lot of, hey, let's get Cam, keep Cam. Let's bring Ridley back, whether it's on a franchise tag or a three-year deal or whatever. Okay, now we got our pass catchers. we got our left tackle. Now let's go draft the interior of the offensive line. Yeah. I wonder 17. what their plan is for Cooper Hodges. Right, well, Didn't play at all this year, obviously. That was a guy that seemed to be opening eyes in training camp a little bit, you know, and going through the preseason, but got hurt. Didn't play at all this season. I wonder what their plans are for him. Do you think they need to upgrade from Brandon Sheriff or move on from Brandon Sheriff potentially? Uh, they need a real plan in place to move on from Brandon Okay, Sheriff. so then you're talking about two guard spots. So even yeah. if Cooper Hodges is in their plan, like I think the most you could have for a plan for him is a hope that he could compete for the job. Mm-hmm. You can't know, right? You can't know what he's going to be. He's a smaller school Later pick who got hurt and didn't get the benefit of practicing all year and playing all year and, sure. and just, you know, acclimating to the National Football League. It's great that he can do cartwheels. I'm happy. It shows some athleticism. That's fantastic. But I don't know what the plan is for him. And maybe he is one of the answers, but you still need you need more than that. You need more than, hey, Sheriff out the door with his five Pro Bowls and all of his experience for a guy from a small school and let's run it back otherwise and hope that they just get better. I, that That's not a good enough plan no. in my book. I mean, it, it's a plan. Who knows? It could work. But um, I, I don't know. I just think that's – that. I, I think a lot of people are going to focus in on the path of retain Cam, uh, bring back Ridley, 
and then get best offensive lineman in the middle of the first round. And I'm not opposed to the best offensive lineman in the middle of the first round, be it a guard or anything else. I'm not uh, – I know Logs doesn't like that. He would take the wide receiver there. Well, if we get T. Higgins, we don't need the wide receiver there, mm-hmm. you know, for instance. But – or you could go the route. I mean, there are a lot of routes you can go here. You could go the route of moving on from Cam, allocating that money either to guard or to receiver. Maybe bring back Ridley in the tag. Maybe not bring back Ridley. Maybe draft some wide receivers later and, and hope you hit like the Green Bay Packers have done uh, or the Houston Texans or any of these other teams mm-hmm. with featuring young players out there. So there are some different interesting combos out there. Anyway, um, we'll continue to talk about those uh, coming up. I, I just I, I really want to dig down on this whole value of the guard at 17 uh, a little bit as well. Found some interesting numbers as well on quarterbacks uh, that somebody put out there. Um, among the quarterbacks taken number one overall in comparison to their um, likelihood of hitting certain career milestones compared to being drafted at any other spot, two through five, two through ten, anything after the number one overall pick. So we'll get into that a little bit as well. John Osier will stop by if you want to get in, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh knows with Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. All right, this is on the uh, text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures with Johnny O coming up in about 20 minutes. Uh, I'm reading this from the text line. This from Osher. The Jaguars' current second-round selection is uncertain. If they re-sign wide receiver Calvin Ridley before the end of the league year in March, they'll give up the second-round selection uh, to the Atlanta Falcons to get back their original third-round pick. Yes, but I, I, I've heard many opinions on this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've heard one definitive one. Does franchise tagging Calvin Ridley mean you've signed Calvin Ridley? Well, if he doesn't sign the tag right away. Like, for instance, right, the tag deadline is March 4th, okay? Yes. I think it's February 20th to March 4th. That's your Two-week window. window, yeah. Tag Calvin Ridley, not tag Calvin Ridley. Right? We'll focus on him specifically. Maybe they use it on Josh Allen. right? But if they tag him, let's say on March 3rd, the new league year starts on the 13th. Okay, So the old league year, then you would presume, ends on the 12th right? <laughs> or something along those lines. You go to Calvin Ridley, hey, we're going to tag you. But it's a benefit to everybody here if we retain our second-round pick. Don't sign the tag until the 14th, right? Mm-hmm. Does if just is simply the act of tagging him? You haven't signed him yet. You could tag him and trade him, right? It's possible. Yeah. You could tag him. He could sit out. You have not signed him to an extension just by tagging him. I I don't. I don't know if it may just be. And I saw Demetrius tweet about this the other day. Demetrius Harvey something to the effect of. I wish I had it right in front of me. Maybe I'll be able to dig it up. But um, if they don't re-sign him by. I think it was the start of the league year, mm-hmm. then it doesn't count. Uh, and it was kind of anticipating would they extend him throughout the season kind of thing. Right. You know, yeah. and I, I don't know that to be a fact, but I think there I've heard enough that I feel there's enough ways around it that if they want to retain Ridley, they can do it in a way in which they could still have that second keep round that second pick. round pick. Yeah. So yeah. I'm operating as if they will have a second round pick. Now maybe I'm wrong. Right, but <clears throat> I believe that that is the case. Um, somebody asked here, Tony, on the text line, mm-hmm. if you could trade the first rounder, 17th overall, for Quentin Nelson or Vita Vea, 
Would you do it? And if so, which one would you choose? I've already answered this. What What is your answer to these questions? I'd pro- I I think I would, and I'd probably be more likely to trade it for Vita Vea at this point. I'd do it for Nelson. Yeah. Uh, Nelson, for whatever reason, the last couple of years, is it's not the first three years he had of his career. The last two especially have not been the same as they were the first three years of his career. I don't know what all the reasons are for that. I don't watch How do we Colts know that, football. though? Based on what? Uh, the, the times I get to watch him. Yeah. Right? right? Like, against early in his career, he dominated along that offensive line, even in games against the Jags. Like, you'd be watching and go, there he is again. Like, those kind of things would happen. The last couple of years, I just haven't seen as much of that from Quentin Nelson. Now, I'm sure he's still a pro bowler because that's He's been a pro happens. bowler every year of his career. That's what happens with guards. Like, once they're in the, the pot, it feels like they stay in the pot. And that's a guy that was in it from the moment he walked in the door. I just, my, it's, we can go back to the conversation we were just having about evaluating guards. I don't know. I know Quentin Nelson is a big enough name that if he were available via a trade, that's something you'd have to really look into. And I don't think it's not worth making that kind of trade for a guy like Quentin Nelson. But between him and Vita Vea, I think I'd lean Vita at right. this point. I, I put it this way. I'd do it for either one. They're both in their like mid to late 20, like 27, yeah. 28 years old, right? And they're dominant players at their position. And like the, the, the only issue I have with that, I mean, you're getting what you're paying for, basically. You know what you're going to get. Because mm-hmm. you've seen this guy play, and and maybe the Jags would evaluate differently. Maybe they would agree with you, and they'd say Nelson's not worth it. Whatever the case, but it's the cost. It's not like, hey, man, if you get yeah. this three hundred thirty pound guard in the middle of the first round, it's not only that well, maybe he's not Quentin Nelson, but he also costs you a fraction of what Quentin Nelson or Vita Vea is going to cost you, yeah. and that's a factor as well. No doubt, and, and how you know. They've gone the route of tying up money, and I think it was a smart move at the time they signed Brandon Sheriff to do it, but they did it with Norwell to not great impact. You know, he got a big near-top-of-the-market deal as a guard. Um, I like the idea of getting a guy that I know can handle his business, but I also don't necessarily want to tie up top-of-the-market money in the guard position, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. That's why Ezra Cleveland is not a, a terrible option. To me, if you get a full healthy season out of him, he's got the athleticism, the mobility to play the, the way they uh, – assuming that they want to continue to play with mobile-type offensive linemen. Um, I could certainly go that route. There are a lot of guys – and I don't know how – you know, some of these sites that you look at will talk about offensive tackles and go, well, this guy projects as a guard or he can slide inside to guard or whatever the case may yeah. be. Um but again, I'm not opposed to drafting a right tackle with the 17th pick and flipping Anton over there if they decide to save that money on Cam Robinson. You know, I mean, there there are just different ways of shuffling it. Talise Fuaga, Tony, of Oregon State, 6'6", 334, uh, in a recent CBS mock, had him going to the Jags at 17 all the Jags had to do was beat a banged up Titans team in week 18 to win the division said they lost missed the playoffs head of the offseason more questions than answers Trevor Lawrence struggled and where he bears much of the responsibility the offensive line did him no favors doesn't say whether they think he would stick I, I would presume if you're drafting him there 6'6 334 at six he's probably playing right tackle for you mm-hmm. Amarius Mims out of Georgia at 6'7 340 goes with the very next pick I wouldn't hate that idea. 
getting one of those guys and having now your bookend tackles both on rookie deals if you thought they were quality enough players. Right tackle at 17, that's right in the wheel. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. You know? Um, but you've obviously you've got to improve the interior of the offensive line. People on the text line asking if we've given up on Walker Little. I don't know how the Jags feel about Walker Little right now. Walker Little has had, I feel, multiple opportunities to take a job and t- put a stranglehold on it, and he's never done it. And we keep going, oh, he's going to be this, this of the future, that of the future. What about the present? You know, he had a great opportunity to play well enough early in the season to make Cam Robinson come back and be a bit of an afterthought. And I know that their plan was, as they've said, for Cam to return and play left tackle, but why was that the plan? If What do they see out of these two guys in comparison to each other throughout the offseason? And why is Walker Little was taken in the middle of the second round not forcing his way onto the field at this point? If, Walk, if they felt Walker Little was this great long-term option, why did they feel the need to go get Anton Harrison in the first round last year? I've spent the last two off-seasons expecting Walker Little to take control of one of the tackle positions on the Jaguars' offensive line. He hadn't done it, right? And I I thought he was going to win the job over Jawan Taylor. He didn't do that. I thought that he would take the job after playing the first month of the season this year over Cam Robinson. He didn't do that. It It is what it is at this point with Walker Little, and he's a guy that I, I think he's – Certainly, I think he's still a good player, and I think if he gets in a position where he they made him the left tackle, they're fine with Walker Little being the left tackle for the football team. I still even wouldn't have a problem with that being the direction they went if that's what they wanted to do, but I'm not – I haven't seen anything from Walker Little that makes me say, why don't they just make him the left tackle? Like, he just hasn't put that thought in my head either, and it's – become more and more clear that he hadn't done it for the franchise. Money aside, I'd take Cam Robinson over Walker Little, and it wouldn't be that difficult. You know, money aside. But m- money is a factor it is. in this whole thing. You know, and how you're going to allocate your resources this offseason. The Jags are better off cap-wise than they were last year. They're not flush with cap space. No. And, you know, they're I think Indy Houston are loaded. They had moves that we all expected they would be making this coming offseason including walking away from Cam Robinson. That was the expectation I think most people had. I think the organization had it. Uh, at some point in time, I'm not sure they feel the same way I'm now. not sure either. I, I mean, they might. Um, why? What? <laughs> it's crazy. Why am I, saying me, mm-hmm. crying about money every year? I'm not crying about it. I don't care what they spend on any of these guys. I, it's the reality that they have a salary cap. They do. And they got to fit in. The players, so I don't care what they make as long as they can afford all of them, pay yeah. them all. I don't care I what mean, anyone gets paid either, I, I guess except in how it impacts them paying other players. That's right. all if we're you, talking if you're about. Reacting to my saying, I don't want to pay a guard at the top of the market. It's not because I I'm jealous of the guard making money. They're all making way more money than I'll ever make in my lifetime. Are you kidding me? I don't care. No, it's just that if I pay a guard all that, I have less money to play pay yeah. a wide receiver or, or a tackle or, to, or whatever. To give an idea, I'm looking at the uh, contract numbers at guard in the league right now. If they were to make the move to trade for Quentin Nelson, they would have two of the nine highest-paid guards in football. Right, like Brandon Sheriff is still eight or nine on the list 
as far as where he's getting paid. They've already spent the big money at that position in Sheriff. Now it's time to start considering what his life post-printed Sheriff going to look like at guard for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but talking specifically about that idea of trading for Quentin Nelson. If they did that, they would have the number two and the number nine highest paid highest guards paid, in the right. league. Well, that's presuming Brandon Sheriff's still sure. here. Sure. Yeah. Now, Quentin Nelson's been a left guard his whole time. Correct. There in Indianapolis. So they'd still have to figure out what they wanted to do at right guard. But I, I hear and, what you're and, saying. They'd probably move on from Sheriff right. if they made that. And maybe kind it's of move. Cooper Hodges. Maybe. You know, something like that. And and I'm not saying that. And I would I point it out to more to say it's not like they didn't spend money at guard. They did in Brandon Sheriff. That was a big money move. Sure it was. It it worked it was, out the way it, was it worked. Solid out. for one year. Yeah. It, it had decreasing returns this year. Yes, it did. Uh, I'll put it that way. I mean, Brandon Sheriff's a really, really good player. Uh, I mean, Quentin Nelson has been an you know elite player yes. for most of his career, and that's like it's one thing. I I don't want to go out and just get the flavor of the week at guard and pay him twenty million or seventeen million or whatever the the number is because it restricts my ability to 16. do something else. But if it's a guy who's been to the Pro Bowl every year of his career mm-hmm. and a many time first team All Pro, and they feel that he his game is not far off what it's been at its peak, that's a different story. If you're truly – there are blue chippers that make you make exceptions to the rule. So, sure. I mean, duh. Yeah, they're all making more money than me. If you think I'm crying about it because they're getting a lot of money, I, I, don't, I honestly don't know what show you're listening no. to. The whole know? league works on a cap. They all have to figure out how to manage that cap. And I'm not saying the teams have – look, we've seen it with the Saints every offseason for the past four or five years, right? They figure out a way to make it work and still bring the guys back that they want to bring back. The Jags can figure those kind of things out, but that doesn't mean they're going to get to do it exactly how you think they're going to do it. We'll we'll see what that puzzle looks like for them in this offseason. All right, Johnny O coming up next. If you want to be a part of it, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Nobody knows the Jags like Johnny O. Oh knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. Tony, you got a blue screen of death over there? I do. I got one uh, this morning as well. Internal issues. With my new nickname, Blue Screen of Death. <laughs> Here comes John Ocean. Blue Screen of Death. I can't control Alt Delete quick enough. That's fair. When you come in. Hard reset, Johnny. We're going to just hit, hold the power button down. Yeah, like uh, good morning, I've been John called Osher. worse. Uh, have you? <laughs> yes. Anything you care to share with us? Top, uh, top five most insulting names. Oh, well. <laughs> For John Osher. Ozone. That's insulting? <laughs> you not like Ozone? Sometimes. No, no, no. I love it. Okay. <laughs> uh, how are you? Everything good? Good. In yeah. your world? Yeah, just uh, sort of waiting for... Uh, Next shoe to drop? <laughs> well, the coordinator to happen, yeah. and then at that point, you feel like you can sort of go on and uh, start getting a better feel for how it might look free agency. You know, that domino needs to fall first. Right, obviously. and that, that seems like we continue to get every single day. Um, what about Press Taylor? But much more, what about Trent Balky? Balky's sure. got to go. Balky's got to go. Balky's got to go. I don't at know what point, to do with that. Now. At this point, it's like, what? I, I mean, what percentage would you put on sometime in the next week there's another major departure from the Jag? I'd put it at less than 1%. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think they would have done it by now if they were going to do it. I, I would think uh, the one thing that you learn in about NFL off seasons is 
sort of until after the Super Bowl, nothing is out of bounds. I That's mean, why I don't put it at zero percent. Yeah, everything sort of. I mean, if you look back through the history of stuff that happens, stuff happens all the time because people are trying to make life decisions. People are trying to, uh, you know, figure out major directions of franchises and owners when they do that often operate at their own pace but i don't anticipate anything no neither do right? I. and for the you know whatever number it is 4073rd time because i feel like if you don't repeat it the person who tunes in that one time why aren't you talking about why, why didn't you why didn't you say you know whether you want bulky back i don't I, i'd move on i would i'd make a change i don't think it's been good enough but if he's back i'm not going to just throw my hands up and go that's it off season's over. We can't do anything to improve. I mean, because I, I and so I get, if he if he's back, you will do a show before I'm still training do, camp. Still going to try to do shows. Yeah. Okay. Good and, deal. And I think the Jags will still I'll try to by. sign guys in free agency and draft players and and have the coaching staff filled out and have those coaches improve the lot of the players that are coming back and all that, that. helps my scheduling. So thank you. All right. Well, all right. so you know, <laughs> I, you know, you get my point. Yeah, you know, like, and no I doubt. get, I get, I get the vehemence that that people feel this issue on, but I feel like there's a segment, and maybe it's just a loud minority that, like, that's it. I'm out. If they don't do this, if they don't do exactly what I want. And, look, I've got a wish list of what I'd want them to do, too. I'd do things my way. Doesn't mean I'd be right, but I'd be happy if they did it that way. But I'm going to, regardless, be hoping that they make the right moves. Let me ask you, we're talking about moves they could make on the offensive line, right? And there's there's one school of thought that we bring back Cam – uh, because he's been the best left tackle we had. We've got Anton Harrison. We got two tackles. <sighs> they seem to, I mean, at least the way Doug Pearson talks about Luke Fortner seems like he really likes him. The metrics indicate otherwise, but they got to improve the interior of the offensive line somehow, right? In some combination. So um, Walker Little's an option, but it, we're talking about improving. I mean, do you bring back Ezra Cleveland? Do you draft a guard? What do you do? It, you can't run it back with the same five and expect significantly better results, I don't think. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. So, I was playing with some possibilities. What if you did let Cam walk, and you moved Anton Harrison to the left side, and you then, instead of looking for an interior guy, maybe you sign that guy in free agency, and you go and draft a right tackle, which there seem to be several decent candidates that are going to be the value or a value in the middle of the first round, right? Yeah, it makes sense there. Uh, I don't know that there is a – and again, I don't. I I assume Luke Fortner will be back until I'm told he's not. Uh, I don't really see a center in the middle of the first round. There isn't. Uh, yeah, if based go on the route. rankings, there's none that would um, qualify. Now, could they? Uh, could they easily justify an interior player who could who could play center or guard in the second round and a right tackle in the first? I I think they could because you can't have enough big time frontline players there. See, I, so, I'm looking even at a scenario. What if they re-sign Ezra Cleveland, right? Like PFF which projects, which I think is a good possibility. Okay, three years, twenty-eight and a half million. Okay, that's that's reasonable, right? And right. like, let's say you walked away from Cam. Now you're you're right. basically saving half of Cam's money because that would be about half of what Cam's so making. You got Anton roughly. and Ezra on the. You got left. Anton and Ezra. Yeah. We'll see about center, right? Because like you said, their first round's not going to solve it. Right. It doesn't look like so. Center's still an issue. Maybe Cooper Hodges at right guard? Maybe not. Do you think Sheriff is back? I do not. Okay, so Sheriff's gone. Where does Walker Little fit into all this? But I say that because this? the cap and when Sheriff signed to me, 
he seemed like a two-year signing, which happens a lot these days in free agency at, at his age. They would save, uh, what would, we just looked at it, $9 million against the cap. Here's the question. How much dead? <laughs> There's about $15 million in dead money, yeah. okay? So, it in terms of salary cap space, is Brandon Sheriff worth $9 million? Right? I mean, that's because you're going to eat $15 million whether he's here or not. Yeah, I got you. I you guess know, you, I mean, it's, nine million dollar player. it's cash. That's yeah. that's Shad's problem. Uh, except for the guy in the text line who thinks I care about how oh, much it's your money problem they and spend. It's apparently my <laughs> problem. Right. So let's just clarify that. But so where where does Walker Little fit in in this whole mix? It, can you count on him to? Do you feel like he is a starter on this team next year, or is he at a swing well, tackle? I do kind of go back to philosophically, they sort of look at it like they need seven and they have seven players who can all start. That's what's a formula they used in 2022. I, I would think um, I, I would guess that Walker Little is a starter, but I don't think they necessarily mind having him as a swing tackle. And I kind of hedged there, but that's um, – I, w- I would guess he starts somewhere on the right side next year. But I don't really know where right now. So if you think he starts somewhere in the, do you think Cam's back on this team? I, I did not think so most of the season. I think there's a better chance now. Uh, I, I'm gonna guess no because of cap ramifications, but I don't think it's a given. Whereas I thought it was a given midseason. I I thought so. Too. I think a lot most yeah. people have thought for a while, but then again, we've thought this with Cam, I think multiple times right? over the last several years, right? Like they're going to reach a point, they're going to, re- and then the suspension comes and you're like, well, this is it. This is right. last year. And you're like, boy, Walker Little has a great chance now to, to grab that job at the beginning of the year and put There's a stranglehold you guys driving on it. in and really be it injury, be it play, be it whatever, just hasn't. No matter why, it's not there yet. And they said, uh, Doug said, and I've got to take him at his word that this was the plan all along. Cam would come back and be the left tackle on this team, which told me that they didn't see enough from Walker Little in the offseason. To make that not the case. To make that not the case, yeah. exactly, right? So if if he's not a better option than Cam at left tackle, Logs tells us he thinks Anton Harrison is the best option at left tackle for this team. I, I would be surprised if the starting left tackle isn't Cam or Anton. Okay, one of those two. So yeah. if they move on from Cam, you think it'll be Anton. See, that's where I'm thinking. Still, if under your philosophy of we need seven guys, right? Even if Walker Little opens the season as a starter, I could draft right tackle there. Maybe that guy can play inside for first half of the season. That's what seems to me sort of makes sense. You and there's so many things here. I'm trying to think it through. You draft a guy who can play guard or tackle on the right side in this scenario. Yes. And if Cooper Hodges is lights out, right. or, or, then you've got a great or problem. Walker is, right. You battle right. it out. Right. And and with a rookie, you wouldn't necessarily feel awful if if Cooper Hodges is lights out and has to be the interior uh, swing guy. That's the one thing, though, right? That, you don't know. That if do you, how do you feel about the potential of playing rookie right tackle and basically rookie – Right guard. How good because, are they? Well, Cooper Hodges. Well, I mean, in this scenario, we don't. I, mean, I don't know I mean, how good he is. Uh, I I feel great about the scenario if they're really good. Did we feel yeah. though like Anton benefited from the presence of Brandon Sheriff for a season? Probably, but yeah, yes. But if the guy had been 
next to him had been a rookie who was playing better. I'd like that more. That makes it like I, I I see what you're saying. I just I wonder if there wasn't some value even beyond like how he's playing and just yeah. in terms of making sure you know. He, but I don't think knows. you can bring him back just for that reason. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying though, though for this year, yeah, though. Yeah, I got you. Like, got you. would Anton ha- would we feel as good about the year Anton had if he had been playing next to Cooper Hodges? What, what would sure. he have given us the same level of performance? That, yeah. and, and I'm not saying bring him back for that reason. I'm saying that we've already gotten got that you. value out of that. Yeah. You know, and would they then in this scenario we're talking about rookie right tackle, and Cooper Hodges small school. Rookie, basically essentially rookie, rookie, essentially right. rookie right guard. You know, next to your your PFF thirty seventh ranked center in the league or whatever he uh, is in Luke Fortner. I don't know if that's the ideal combo right there, but um, um, it would be a topic. It, it's a topic <laughs> look uh, for us. I, I think now um, that we've just started to dig into it, now we're dangerous with just a little bit of info. Uh, we've well, got sure. this right, right. We've got the Oregon center. Here, who uh, I think Tony, you said you saw a mock where Jackson Powers. Oh no, somebody on the text line said they saw a mock. Pro Football Network. Right, Jackson Powers Johnson went to the Jags in the first round. Right, not in the first second. Was it the second? Because I thought somebody said they saw a mock. Uh, Maybe it was somebody I was looking at. But he, according to one side, he's ranked as the 46th overall player, which is almost perfectly in line with the Jags pick in round two. There aren't any first round centers apparently in this year's draft. Yeah, I, I um, look. I, they have been for so so long, uh, needing or feeling they could benefit from just making sure that you've got the line worked out. Sort of no matter what the ramifications, right? So if if you like Fortner, you draft a guy who can play center or guard, make him compete. Uh, Make sure you're really, really good there. I always use the phrase, and uh, fans get very angry about it. Uh, the Jaguars' offensive line is better than most observers think. I thought for a lot of years that was the case, that everybody criticized. Make it a strength that there's no doubt about. And I think that may be the approach this offseason. Meaning, even if you think you're good at a position, draft a guy because he's really good. Oh, sure. And have six or seven guys who can really go play and make sure you're a strength there, which has been a long time since that was the case. All right, let's take a break here. Uh, Johnny O's uh, around for the remainder of the program. We will solve all the Jaguars' issues in the next 40-ish minutes or so. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. His name is John Osher. Oh, knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. All right, Wink Martindale apparently uh, in uh, for his second day of a two-day interview with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Loves to play a lot of man defense. Jags have, for the last couple of years, been leaning heavily on the zone defense. Yep. Don't know if, you know, he's a great fit with the personnel. Do you, do you go with a track record of a guy who has produced good results where he's gone, John, or do you go with a guy who needs to his have his philosophy mesh with what's on hand already? I mean, I, I think in the case of uh, Wink Martindale, you trust that he's always had good results. Um, and I do think that Doug would like the idea of somebody who has done it for a long time that he knows uh, – Knows all the ins and outs of being a coordinator, which 
Mike Caldwell had to learn on the job, I would my sense is that Doug would prefer somebody who's not learning on the job this time around would be the biggest. There's a lot of guys I think that they're interested in that have at least some experience yeah. at the coordinator level. They haven't been in front term. of the room and communicating yeah. that message and just the trust because of the, of the kind of coach that Doug is, which is really an offensive coach who uh, needs to make sure that the defense knows what it's doing without a lot of his input. He has input, of course, but he's not going to be over there all the time running it. So uh, I I would think he likes the idea of a coordinator who he knows that he's not learning on the job. I think that's a big deal, I would think. Uh, so we'll continue to you know monitor. Yeah. Um, we hear the names and we, we hear the reports on who they're requesting and, and – you could make a case for all of them. You know, like sure. you hear and you're like, oh, you look into him, you're like, oh, he did a good job right. here, did a good job there. And the reality is this, is the decision's going to come down to once Doug gets in a room, does he like the fit? And we're not going to be privy to the conversations in that room, so it's hard to know how it's going to go. Do you think, uh, I mean, obviously, like, you'd almost be negligent not to talk to Wink Martindale because of the success he's he had. Out. Right, but Wink Martindale's like a big personality guy. Right. Do you think that matters to Doug? Like, like, is he ready to go? Because I feel like if Wink Martindale comes in, like, hands off the defense. This is my kind of thing. Whereas, yeah, I, you know, a first-time younger coordinator is going to be a, I don't maybe think a different dynamic. I don't think that at all. I, 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 um, Doug's confident enough in, in him leading the team. I think, as I said, I have not talked specifically to Doug about this concept, but from being around him a little bit, I feel like that would be his preference, would be to have somebody who he knows uh, can shut the door and run the defense and then tell him what's going on. Uh, look, I'm fine with that. Although, Tony, you know, I think we're going to get excited. It's natural. You get excited about something new because you want to look for what the best-case scenario is with that guy mm -hmm. coming in, right? And Wink Martindale comes in, hell yeah, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to blitz. Then when they pick up the blitz and you're oh, yeah. getting whipped downfield, you're like, what are we doing? Blitz is awesome until it's not. It's exactly like everything's great. I think we're we're either gonna, no matter who they hire, some will love it, some will hate it. Those people probably will have the opposite opinion at some point. Sure, and then they may end up back where they began I always, or not. I always go back to this on the blitz. If it was the cure all, everybody would do it all the time. So yeah. it's not. I mean, it's it's. There's no single formula. Sure. Otherwise, everyone would use it. Right. You could win. You can win different ways. Like right now, oh, Shanahan coaching offense tree is. The, sure. Well, right now for, for, for a handful good. of teams. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, if you've got the right guys executing it, sure. Um, yeah. You know, you could probably win. It would be harder to do. You could probably be. You know, have a defense uh, running game team win a Super Bowl. Still, I just don't think it's right. the likeliest outcome. From 2017 to last year, the the Peterson Reed system won three Super Bowls, right? So Correct. You gotta have that. Well, the, that's old news. <laughs> right. So it's old news now. Uh, <laughs> so um, looking at the Calvin Ridley mm -hmm. situation, yeah. I wish it just. We need a Jaguar memo, <laughs> you know, like here's yeah. exactly right. because what we. And heard, I wish I knew more of it. Go ahead. No, no. Finish. No, I mean, what you heard was that, uh, and I'll let you do because you already said it once, so you're going to see it more clearly than I do, and then I'll just agree with you. Well, just <laughs> look, the, the whole thing when they sign him, if they basically, he's reached a point where they'd have to give up at least a third round pick to get him. 
but the condition was it would elevate to a second if they sign him to an extension. Right. What does that mean? To me, anything you sign him to is an extension of the con. Like if you franchise right. tag him, that's an extension, right? Right. But you know, the the league year starts after the franchise tag right. deadline. And if they haven't signed him to an extension by the start of the league year, does that include simply tagging him? What if he signs a tag? What if he doesn't sign the tag? I'm really Yeah, my impression and I say impression that means I do not know for a fact, but just the feeling I get from talking to different people about it is that if they sign I'm terrible at saying if they franchise him and get him through the league year, that that means they only give up a third. I would think anything through the league year. Right. Right? But so, what, if, what if Ridley just wants to sign that fr- franchise yeah. tag on day one? Do, or do you say, well, t- we're going to tag you. Yeah. This could be his way of not getting tagged. All right, you tag me, I'm going to sign it. Yeah, and, and I – again, I, I – uh, I apologize. I wish I knew more on that subject. And I don't I think, feel like that's right, but I don't feel like anybody knows for sure. I don't either, right? right. Like I and I wish I did. And um, I, I think ultimately, Tony, the, the bottom line is the Jags will know. And I don't think they're going to bring Ridley back at the cost of a second-round pick is my guess. They're going to find so a way either. around it if they want him back. But I also think, you know, talking about that aspect of – Calvin Ridley, does he want to only have the option of playing in Jacksonville next year, or does he want to be a free agent? And if he wants to be a free agent, does he put the pressure on the team when they come to him and say, hey, look, this is what we're thinking. We're going to put the franchise tag on. You don't sign it until then. He's like, you put it on me, I'm signing it. That's what I'm saying. He could do that. Like, if he puts that pressure on him, I have no idea what the situation is from that perspective, whether he really wants to be a free agent or – He's going to say, look, I'm not all that concerned about whether you're giving up a second or third round pick for me. That doesn't bother me either way. I'm not all that concerned about it. I'd rather be a free agent. Y'all do with that information what you will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he'd like to be here. I really do. I think, he's, I think he was sincere when he talked about seeing the value and being the offense for a second season. Uh, but I also get the idea with him that, uh, as he should, uh, at, at what cost is going to be a big issue, obviously. Pockets, you got that cut. He's a free agent. You got yeah. that cut from yesterday. Uh, Logs talking about uh, Trevor and Calvin Ridley, kind of, you know, their chemistry or at times lack thereof throughout the course of the season. Dig that up if you don't mind, and uh, let's fire that one out and see what John thinks about that whole uh, circumstance. All right, here's what Jeff Logman had to say about this issue yesterday. I just never got the impression this year that it was warm and fuzzy. You know, with Christian Kirk and Zay, Trevor talks about them glowingly. You never got that impression when Trevor talked about Calvin. And you never, from a performance standpoint, saw it and go, yeah, those two guys are really on the same page. So I get the performance standpoint, right? Like there are clearly miscommunications we saw, but Calvin Ridley put up over 1,000 yards, Mm -hmm. threw a bunch of defensive pass interference, penalties, led the league in that category, mm-hmm. was an effective player, wasn't, you know, a 1,400-yard guy that right. he talked about still being, but he was a very good, I thought a very good player. I thought he was like, too. If you didn't have him this year. I, what, I, think, they're, been, I what, think they're probably 7-10 and 10 without him. Maybe. Uh, I don't think they beat Buffalo. I think there's, I mean, uh, 
I'd be shocked if they'd beaten Buffalo without. Presuming you had all the same, in, like you missed Zay for as much as you right. did, you missed Kirk down the stretch. If all the other things were the same, no, I think I thought he stressed defense. I, I would, I would, if I were GM or a coach, I would not want to lose him. Now, that's with the caveat of I don't know how much it will cost to retain him. So, I think right. that's what, what, what would you to- feel comfortable? Paying Calvin. Would you feel comfortable paying him more than Christian Kirk is getting? No. I Well, I say no very quickly because uh, clearly Christian's importance to the offense, important to Trevor, uh, to me is, is, is core player importance. So I don't think I'd want to pay him that. I would love to get him short term. A uh, couple year, prove it. But Calvin's also at the age where he's not looking right. He's looking right. for his probably. Like he's age. never had a second contract. Right. That's and and he's what twenty nine. Yeah. Like this is so, it. This is his chance to cash in unless he gets the tag. Right. You know, which which would for one year pay him more than Christian Kirk. But I'm okay. One year yeah. a, a tag scenario is a a different scenario. Do you yeah, have, it, go ahead? Go no, ahead. No, and, and with Calvin, I can hear people out there saying, "Well, they should make him prove it." I don't think this year to to Calvin. It wasn't like there was a lack of motivation, and I never, from talking to Calvin, thought that he was checked out, not into. I mean, it, he's a motivated player who, to me, wanted to be very, very good. I, th- I think it did take him and, and Trevor some time to get on the same page, and I agree with Jeff. I don't know that I felt like they were ever completely on it. Um, I don't know exactly what the reasons for that would be, but. I do think they would benefit from being together again. I think I think I think that would be better. Uh, but how much it, it? He said during the getaway day interview, uh, he mentioned contract, whatever it was. It, it's it's going to come down to money, and for him, if he has a choice in it, his financial situation is going to uh, weigh very heavily, as it should. I, mean, I you know I'm not answering the question, but. That's sort of where I'm at. I'm really, I, I think they want him back. I don't know if they'll be able to meet at a place that makes sense for both. Yeah, somebody said if they didn't have Ridley, they would have certainly dropped another wide receiver, maybe Puka, maybe, or hey. maybe some guy who was not very good. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of receivers. Oh, last year? That, yeah, like if you hadn't had him going in, like because yeah. we just said, hey, if you didn't have Calvin Ridley, well, they're saying, well, they would have added another receiver. Maybe they would have, but let's say they did. Um that doesn't mean they would have added the right one, right? I mean, you know, you're, you're sitting there. Yeah. We looked at it. Parker Washington, I get it. They're different types, but Parker Washington went nine picks behind Puka Nakua. And you had plenty of draft. If they really loved Puka Nakua, they had sure. all the draft capital they needed to make a move up ten spots in well, the from the sixth to the fifth round. Yeah, that's the only thing. Every team would have. Right, so, if, it, if yeah. you knew. Yeah. Right, so yeah. there's, no, there's no inclination that they – would have landed on Puka Nakua as opposed to any of these other receivers who had ho-hum, right. not very impactful rookie seasons, which is usually the case sure. for most rookie receivers. Now, we see some of them now in the playoffs that are rolling into form mm-hmm. late in the season, and that's great. It's not the norm, and I, I hope we can find some of those guys. Absolutely. That There's no question I want some of those guys to hit. Somebody mentioned, uh, I hope what we don't do is just turn it over to Parker Washington. I think they see Parker Washington specifically if – he earns, if he merits it, as the long-term replacement for Kirk. Like, I think sure. that's the spot. I don't think they look at him as like, all right, Kirk's our slot, Parker Washington, and Zay Jones on the outside. We could roll with that. I don't I don't get that sense at all. No, 
he seems a very uh, specific uh, and can return punts next year. Right. Or, 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 or might, has well, a chance to. Wouldn't, wouldn't hate Jamal Agnew being back, I'll no, tell you no, that. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, he's your he's your plan B at both spots. I, I, I'm with you. I don't see them moving him out out from behind Christian. Right. I don't think they look at him as like a long-term, okay, that's the next man up kind of thing, except, with the exception of that one specific spot. Nobody's trying to race Christian Kirk out of Jacksonville anytime soon. All right. Well, one final segment to go with John Osier on this Wednesday. Stick around. More to do on the Jaguar front on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Oh, no. Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, based on the last couple of days, uh, Jaguar fans who are responding have a clear vision for how this offseason needs to play out. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, let's take a look around the rest of the NFL. Now, gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Defensive end Jerry Hughes, defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins, and fullback Andrew Beck all missed practice on Tuesday for the Houston Texans, while defensive ends Will Anderson Jr. and Jonathan Grenard and linebacker Denzel Perriman were all limited in practice. Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews, who has not played since Week 11 due to an ankle injury, was designated to return to practice from the IR over the weekend, had a good day in practice on Tuesday, according to head coach John Harbaugh, who also said Andrews took a really big step, but did follow that up by saying that they will see about his availability this weekend. The Buffalo Bills have released running back Leonard Fournette from their practice squad. Pittsburgh head coach Mike Tomlin addressed the rumors about his future with the team to the players following their loss to the Bills, telling the team that any speculation about him stepping away uh, is untrue and that he plans on coaching the team next year. Tomlin is entering the final year of his contract now with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New Orleans Saints have fired offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael. Carmichael has worked for the last 18 years for the New Orleans Saints organization, the last 15 of those as their offensive coordinator. All right, thank you, Tony. Uh, yesterday, we got exactly 1,200 votes on the nose in our uh, poll. Where we asked, which of these scenarios would you prefer when it comes to edge rusher Josh Allen? And we picked, let him test free agency, franchise tag him at roughly, we'll call it $23 million-ish, right, somewhere in there, or, or sign him to what we decided. We settled on four years, 110, okay? Um you look at Rashawn Gary, last year got four years, 96. He's never had a 10-sack season. T.J. Watt has a four-year 112 contract, yeah. right? So, you know, but he's also 30 years old, right? And and so 87.4% went for the four-year $110 million contract. If they, Look, it may be more than that. I, we had to pick a number, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you think, John, is the most likely thing? Because as we talk about franchise tag Calvin Ridley or don't franchise tag him or – this is the first domino that has to be decided upon. Do you? What do you think your gut tells you? I'm not saying you have privy to inside sure. information on the contract negotiations, but do you think we'll have a long-term deal with Josh Allen, or will they go the franchise tag route? My gut is they'll tag him. Okay. Um, because they can't get it done or because they have questions about whether they should invest that much in him? Well, I guess it's you sort of can't have one without the other. I think they know that he's a really, really good long-term player. I, I guess the question would be, how much is that much in your question? Maybe, 
Meaning, right. What, what's the number? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a number. Whether the sides can agree on that number uh, is always what it comes down to in negotiation. So, clearly, if, if they were willing to give him anything, then it would get done. So there is a limit in in your question. They don't that there will be something that they don't at that point believe he's worth, or else it would get done. But uh, I I just kind of see it probably going through the tag and then maybe happening later. Uh, because like that's Ingram, yeah, uh, like they wound up having to do with Evan. Yeah, and 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 Cam the year before. Yeah, but what that does obviously is it. Then, then what do you do with Calvin? You know, Calvin Ridley it handcuffs you on the on well, the Ridley thing, or so. or they may decide, you know what, we're willing to let the market dictate what we pay Calvin Ridley. Like we're interested in Calvin Ridley, but if you know, and he may be interested in coming back here, and yeah, you know, they're allowed to negotiate with him as well, right? So correct, it doesn't have to be a, a case of wait until free agency opens up and goes surprise, right? You know what's going to happen here. I mean, now to be clear, I I, I would be. I'm not surprised. What was eighty-seven percent? Yeah, or, you know, uh, that's where I would come down. I I think Josh is 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 the kind of player for a bunch of reasons: uh, personality, health history, trust that he's going to still have the work ethic and be the same player. And and the biggest thing I've always said about Josh is, even when he quote has a bad year. Um, he never has a bad year, like seven and a half sacks. But even when he had seven and a half sacks, very good player getting pressure. Right, but if you're paying a twenty-five million no, plus, you can't be having a seven and a half. But sack I'm saying season. The, the floor is very high for him, and uh, when you sign a guy to that kind of money, you want to put your head on the pillow. It's very low risk, so that's why I would, I would. Uh, I would sign him and not worry about it, but it's not my money. Yeah, a lot of people say, "Oh, you should have signed him last year." Well, that's fine in hindsight, right? Yeah. If you knew he was going to have a 17 and a half sack season, you had one double digit sack season up until then. If you sign him to that kind of deal last year and he goes out and has nine sacks, then you're like, what? Why didn't you wait? You didn't have to. You know, like it, it's always much easier when you transfer. see the result of what he did. If you had done that, it'd been transfer. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe anyway. I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, let's say hello to XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. All right, Mia O'Brien is here. Uh, Mia, I, I may have asked you this. I, I can't recall specifically, but uh, I know uh, I've been asking a lot of folks about what do you think they do with Josh Allen? They want to mm-hmm. keep Josh Allen, right? But yep. do you think it'll be through the franchise tag? or through a long-term deal that gets done before the franchise tag deadline? I think it will be the franchise tag, and they will say that their plan is to negotiate a long-term deal before the start of the league year, or before the start of the football year um, and the start of training camp. Will they get said deal done? I'm optimistic they would. I don't think he should be giving them a home discount. They asked him to do it. He went out, and he did it. And if you're going to stick your neck out there like Trent Baalke did when he first became GM and stressed, we need to develop and reward our own, well, you said go do this. Reward your own. It's right here. It's right in front of you. He would be, what, the first first-round pick to earn an extension, Johnny O, since Portals. Blake, which that lasted all of one year. And that was not exactly a, like a long-term extent. Like, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option either on right. Blake. Right. Nope. 
So that was a shorter extension than you would like, assume this yeah. one would be. All right, so it, yes. let's say they do that. Let's say they use the yeah. franchise tag. And then, by, like Evan Ingram in July, we're on our way to SEC Media Days. We get right, the call. And, that, that and that's fine. And, right, and but, I think that would be great. All right, so they use the franchise tag on Josh Allen. Yep. What are they doing with Calvin Ridley? How aggressively are they pursuing him? They're going to say to him, we are very interested in you still, but obviously we have to lock up 41, and they would hope they've built up enough rapport with him that he would say, got you. I'm going to look around the open market, but obviously I would like to be in Jacksonville, and so thus I will keep your offer in consideration as well. Don't think you'd get a hometown discount there either, but he said it, I mean, in the locker room, on locker room cleanout day, he knows the system here now. He knows the personnel as opposed to having to go somewhere else and start over. Oh, that's great until somebody offers you $3 million more right. a year. Right, and, and, that's, and yeah. you know what? And that happens. Look at Arden Key. Arden Key kept claiming that he was going to stick around here and take a hometown discount and then – Tennessee offered $3 million more, and all of a sudden, goodbye. I offered him more playing time, too. Also uh, that. That's that a case. big part all of right. it, too. What's coming up today? Uh, of course, we have Dr. Bari joining us at 140. We also will get into uh, the news, of course, that Ryan Nielsen will interview for the Jaguars' defensive coordinator position. What does that mean up in Atlanta? Does that mean Arthur Blank's writing a blank check to Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh? Plus, a look at recruiting with regards to Alabama. We've already seen Jamie French of Mandarin decommit. Will we see more on the horizon decommitting from Kalen DeBoer's Crimson Tide? All Still right. weird to say that, by the way. Thank you, Mia. Thank Appreciate you. it. Uh, all right, uh, Johnny O, um, we're not saying goodbye to you because you'll be back right. next week. But uh, here's today's question today presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate based on where things stand today. And today they don't have Calvin Ridley under contract, so they don't have Ezra Cleveland under contract and other things. Uh, which of these things would most improve the Jags' offense in 2024? Adding a true number one wide receiver. That could be T. Higgins. Maybe it's re-signing Ridley if you think he's that. Maybe it's drafting one in the first round. Upgrading the interior of the offensive line. And, and when I said that, I think mostly guard. But obviously, you know, a sure. lot of people think center should be in play, whether it is or not. Doug Peterson taking back play-calling duties full-time. Or Trevor Lawrence simply protecting the ball better. Um, yeah. which improves the offense the most in 2024? I would be between offensive line improvement and Trevor protecting the ball. I'm going to go offensive line improvement because I think that would help him protect the ball as well. See, I, and I, right? I understand that thinking, but I also feel like like if we do that, we're just assuming, well, I'm going to get both of these. Like, if, yeah. if you if you can only pick one of okay, these, okay. and Trevor is has as many turnovers next year, regardless. I'll take four. Oh, number four. I'd probably and, still take O-line. Because yeah. your, your running game yeah. could come back into play. You know, oh. And even if Trevor turns it over, if you had a more effective running game, you're going to be better in the red zone. You get, yeah, I don't you, know that there's a, lot a of right answer between those two. Uh, they, they're, they're, they're really close. But I would, we'd like them all to happen. Yeah, it, it's... I I wholeheartedly agree with you that the offensive line coming back and the the running game crippled everything. Uh, but since you went two, I'll go four. <laughs> I, I, look, eighty one percent going with the offensive line, Tony, and I think mm-hmm. that's where you know maybe if we had specifically made it, you know, draft a a guard in the first round, you know, and we that, probably will at some point. It's at, a long at some off point, season. right? Yeah. Right, but uh, you know, for now, and I know a lot of people are focusing on Fortner. I don't. I just I. If you believe what they're saying about Fortner, they're content with Fortner. Yeah, I I, I want to wait and see. They'll have meetings in the at the combine when they're talking. It'll be interesting to see what they say about different things that yeah. they were asked on the day after the season, because there are discussions that take place where they reevaluate everything. Uh, and we'll also have to uh, 
you know, see who they're really honing in on in those circumstances. Are they, you know, spending extra time with the centers? Uh, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, you know, are they requesting interviews with those guys specifically? Right. Uh, by the way, not opposed to it. Just saying, I don't know how likely it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offseason will continue to play out. All right, that'll do it for us today. What do you got coming up over at Jaguars.com? Uh, really just waiting for the uh, for the coordinator news to drop. Uh, our shows, uh, we take a hiatus until after the Super Bowl. So uh, I'll, I'm I'm all yours after the Super Bowl. We love <laughs> it. We lo- wouldn't have it any other way. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, for John Osher, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. Uh, tune in tomorrow when D-Rock joins us to recap the season that was and uh, solve all of our off-season issues. Once again, thanks for listening to Jaguars today. breakfast again? Uh, no, no breakfast <laughs> buying this week, but he should because he lost he the season as a whole. He should have a, a bonus breakfast to have to buy. <laughs> just always. Just, this week. That should be default. Mode. Every time. Every time for sure. All right, that's tomorrow. Uh, have a good day and stick around for XL Primetime next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.